Welcome to Future of Flushing. I'm Vito Calisi. With me is Jonathan Barron. And with us today from the Syracuse Mets, it's Luke Ritter. Luke, you are having the season, man. How are you feeling this year? It's been a good year. A little, little ups and downs like all, like any season. But um, right now, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. So, Luke, let's, uh, let's go back to really your college days. Uh, you played your college ball at Wichita State. You were actually in the same lineup as Alec Bohm. Um, and there's another Met with some Wichita State, former Met, I should say, with Wichita State ties. That's Mike Pelfrey. So talk a little bit about your time at Wichita State and what kind of relationship you have with Mike Pelfrey. Yeah, so Wichita State was actually my only scholarship offer out of, out of high school. So I wanted to stay close to home, um, and I picked, and they, Wichita State happened to be the school that had the most interest at the time. I grew up a K-State fan, and they really didn't have any interest, so I, I picked Wichita State. Um, and then Bohm is actually a really close friend. He, uh, we were always hanging out in the dorms, hitting together. Um, still in good contact with him today. I usually see him once or twice a year, usually before spring training. Um, but he's still close. I'll give him a call every now and then and um, check up on, see how he's doing in the big leagues. And then Mike Pilfer, he was actually – so he came on when I was a junior. So he came – he was our pitch coach as a junior – um, and I'll tell you what, he is one of the most fun people to be around the stories on, on him. Um, he's one of the most interesting, just everything he had with his career with, with the big leagues. And then he brought all that down to college and we, none of us really had any idea of what, what was going on. Um, and he had a lot of, a lot of good knowledge on just baseball and just told great stories and was a really, per, really fun person to be around, had great knowledge of the game, um, and then he was there for my senior year as well. Um, but I, I usually try to go back to Wichita State every every year before um, spring training and see the coaches, see the see the facilities. Um, they were it's a big portion of, of my baseball career, and I I uh, I enjoyed I really enjoyed my time there. You know, uh, John knows this about me, but I'm a gigantic Mike Palfrey fan. Yes. Um, uh, so John and I are both lifelong Mets fans who happen to now work for the Mets. Um, and on my desk at work is a jersey that I had specially customized to say Big Pelf on the back. <laughs> uh, I like went out and got that made when I was like uh, when I was a teenager. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's really cool to see that Mike is uh, doing such good things at his alma mater too, because he also went to Wichita State. Speaking on college, I think it's a good time to talk about the draft. And you had two separate draft experiences. Do you want to walk us through what's going on in your mind and how different those two days? Well you know, those two experiences were spread out over multiple days. Yeah. So the draft for me, the first time I got was actually very stressful. So that how it all worked. So my junior year, I started really slow. So I was on really wasn't on many people's radars at the beginning of the year. I had a really slow start. And then I went on a, a good little stretch the second half of the year and started getting on some people's radar. And we always had people in the stands because we had Alec Bohm, um, another guy was Grayson Janista, Cody Hoyer. All these guys were, were big name guys at our school. So they were always around. Um, and then I really wanted to sign as a junior because for the most part, I think we had 11, 11 guys drafted and the, most of them were my best friends. And um, unfortunately, it just didn't work out. But looking back on it, I think it was for the best because – I went back as a senior and I, I kind of proved again that I was a good hitter and could, could hit at the college level and, and gave me a better chance, I think, with the Mets um, going forward. Um, but 
the second time I got drafted was a way better experience. I had I had idea that I was going to get taken. Um, it was definitely more of a it was kind of a relief. It was like, hey, I'm going to sign. I'm going to go play. Um, and then I got to celebrate with my family a little bit more. It was kind of more of a, a dream come true. Like, hey, this is I'm going to play professional baseball. And you made a good decision. You started your career with the Brooklyn Cyclones in 2019. And that team wound up winning a championship. So right as you started your pro career, you had that taste of success. What was that like going straight to pro ball in your draft year and then going on to win that title with the Cyclones? It was a lot of fun. So especially in Brooklyn, um, I had never been to the city. So we were staying in, in downtown Brooklyn um, and we were good. We had a lot of good college seniors that knew how to play baseball. And I think in, in the lower levels of A ball and low A and the more quality baseball you play in those levels and we won games. So we, we had an idea of, of how to win games and um, the ability to win our the championship. I think it was the last last game in the pin league history. Um, it was a lot of fun. So it, that the celebration, how they how they treated it at the end and we got to go to City Field. It was it was a very good experience. Now, shortly after that, you have to deal with obviously the impact the rest of the world dealt with in 2020 and COVID. Tell us about what it was like being in player development during the pandemic. When they sent us home from, from spring training, I actually got a real job. I, my dad owns a furniture company and he needed some help some some help because there was nobody working. So I moved furniture pretty much every day from 8 a.m. till 4 o'clock. And then I would go and to our facility where I train at. And I would go work out after the end of the day and and then I would just do that for pretty much the whole year because we didn't have a season we would have um, Friday Fridays we would have a bunch of the pro guys around Kansas City we would do live at bats at a, at a local field and, and try to you know have like a makeshift at bats I would say just to get something going and then luckily in uh, November we had an instructs and then that was kind of the really the only baseball I had that year so definitely I was uh it was an interesting time, a little step back of, of where it was. And um, and then it was it was a very – then looking back, on it, I think it was just a long, long offseason. It's kind of how it felt for the next, till the next year. So that next year, 2021 in Brooklyn, you had kind of a power surge. You hit 14 home runs. Then you go on to play in the AFL at the end of the 2022 season. What was that experience like in the Arizona Fall League with some of the best prospects in the sport? Yeah, it was it was a good experience. I, I was I keep joking around every time I, I watch a big league game now. I was like, oh, I, I played against that guy. That guy was on that team or so much. Um, but the talent there was was kind of a more of an eye opening to me. It was it was like these guys are all probably going to be in the big leagues here soon, and I'm I'm playing with them. And I got for the most part, I feel like it was more of I can I can play with them. I got better um, defensively. I got really good quality at bats. You're facing good arms every day, so it makes you a better baseball player playing the best players. I do want to go back to Brooklyn for a second because I want to talk to you about what it's like adjusting to Brooklyn because it's a notably hard park to hit at. There's a lot of factors going on. You got like a breeze coming in from the ocean right over there. You're also playing on turf because the salt, the breeze from the salt water affects the grass. What was it like getting used to playing in Brooklyn? I actually hit terrible at home. So I think I hit all my homers or any sort of good stretches were on the road because – I, I struggle with if I think pole is my is my big thing and you can't hit the ball to right field there because it's an out. So like the wind blows in 25 miles, like 20, at least 20 miles from right field. So I really didn't hit well at home. Um, 
but I was already used to the turf from Wichita State, so that wasn't a, a huge a huge issue. But it was an adjustment. Just um, you're definitely that. There's a lot of fans. There's stuff going on every night. There's roller coasters in the background. I think I had a couple games where the fireworks are playing at seventh, eighth inning in a late game on a Friday or Saturday. Um, so just a lot of distractions and uh, kind of makes you tone in and focus more on on baseball. Something we've asked a lot of players is there's this weird aspect of the Mets player development system where you start in you start in Port St. Lucie, then you go to Brooklyn, and then you go back to the suburbs to make it back to the city. So did you find that urban lifestyle of living in New York challenging at all? And was it hard to adjust back to going to like Binghamton and Syracuse? I say the, the biggest adjustment, especially because when you're in Brooklyn, it's the uh the confined living, I'd say, so I lived in a hotel for my whole two first two seasons with, thank God I had a really, really good roommate um, where I got really close with him, but we're in a really small hotel. Um, you get used to, you have to get used to the hotel life of every week I'm living in a different hotel. Um, so that's probably the biggest adjustment was it's a new hotel or my home hotel is where I live back at, back at home. And then we're on the road, we're in a new hotel. Um, but it's, I enjoy the, the apartments, the, you know, the bigger spaces, definitely at double A AA and triple A. Luke, you're also a guy who has experienced multiple regimes of Mets baseball. You were drafted in 2019. Just talk about some of the changes that you've noticed in the player development system, uh, going back to then. And now obviously with Steve Cohen as the Mets owner, I'd say the investment in the player development is, has only gotten better. So I've, I've known, other guys and other organizations and they'll, I'll tell them kind of the stuff that we do. And I always ask what the organization, their organizations do for their players. Um, and I, I still think the Mets do the best job. They, they provide essentially the most resources, money, um, quality of food, just, just simple things that, that go unnoticed on, on when I'm experienced it every day towards somebody that, um, maybe it's not of a high, high, high money team that doesn't invest as much. Um, and as a player side of it, you see the difference and it, it makes a big difference. Um, and I think they're, they're resources of the analytics side and, and just the development of where they're going is, has gotten a lot better um, with just how to develop hitters, pitchers. Um, it's, it's definitely going in a good direction. Being at Syracuse now, you've had a chance to play with a bunch of guys who have had some major league experience, uh, you know, like Tomas Nito. Luke Voigt, some others. How helpful has it been to learn from those guys and get some advice from them? It's been great, um, especially I see more on their day-to-day work. So especially as a hitter, I see the routines, what they do in the infield, um, how to take care of their bodies, just just simple things that have worked for them to be successful in the big leagues. I can see every day um, is a really big help for me. Now, what was the vibe like when uh, Luke Voigt ripped off the sleeves and showed up for that game? Well, we kind of already knew he was going to do it so i think it's because he doesn't i don't think he's he wears an undershirt ever so in in that jersey we you have to have an undershirt for the sleeves and we i think we took a picture a team picture with that jersey and i don't think he wore sleeves so we kind of saw it coming and uh and he didn't wear it and thank god he hit a homer so it was kind of it was definitely definitely cool and that night we started calling him nuke voigt and then we were like, well, there's another Luke on the Syracuse Mets, obviously Luke, Luke Ritter. So we want you to choose right now. Do you prefer the nickname Nuke Ritter or Ritter the Hitter? Which uh, which one vibes with you better? 
I've heard Ritter the hitter my whole career now. So All I right, think so we're going to stick started, with it. Yeah, it started in Brooklyn. Somebody said it in the stands or something, and then it kind of just has stuck ever, ever, every level throughout the minors. Fair enough, fair enough. While you're figuring your path and uh, figuring out what your role will be, how important do you think versatility on the defensive side has been to you? It's big, for, especially for me. It, it keeps me in the lineup. Anytime I, I get a chance to be in the lineup, no matter where it's at, um, I'm happy. So any position, new position that they tell me I can play or I'm trying to play will keep me in the lineup. That's my, my ultimate goal is to be in the lineup every day. So, Luke, I want to go back to something that happened earlier this year. You hit, a three, you hit three homers in a game when you're still at Binghamton. It was actually your last game with Binghamton. What did you for breakfast that morning? What, uh, what do you remember about that day? Um, it was actually, it was very good timing. So my parents usually try to come out once or twice a year and they happen to be in town that weekend. So they took me out to, I, I remember what I ate. I was French toast, eggs and bacon. They took me out to like a restaurant kind of on a golf course in the Hills and wherever we were in Pennsylvania. Um, so they got to see me play that, that game. And it was, I look back and it was funny cause I don't think I had DH the entire year and that was the first dh day i had the whole year and it uh, happened to have that game so now that we're talking about food and what you're into off the field let's talk a little bit about football you're a big kansas city chiefs fan chiefs just won a super bowl um how are you feeling about the chiefs this season coming up every every year i think they're gonna win the super bowl when you got when you got 15 as your qb it's uh in my mind they're the favorite they're the team to beat Especially, um, we get spoiled watching the games because it's it's to the point where if they're losing, it's we're kind of the Tom Brady effect now. Where oh, they're going to come back in the fourth quarter if they get the ball with two minutes left, they can drive down the field and win the game. Um, it's it's honestly it's 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 very fun as a city, and everyone's rallied behind him, and um, can't say enough about him. Have you had a chance to meet Patrick Mahomes? I would say so. The so the, actually, the um, I don't know if you've seen the, the new quarterback documentary. Of course, of course. So the facility he trains at in that documentary, I'm actually kind of in it. So there's really? a couple blurred out um, people in the in the documentary at the facility, but he and his trainer will work out there during the season, and um, that's where I work out in the off season. So I've seen him uh, hand, I'd say a handful of times working out up there. I was more of like, I try to treat him as, you know, he's just another dude. I'd walk by and say, what's up? And he's just another guy up at the facility working out. And it's, um, so it's, I've seen him. Um, I know what a car he drives. I mean, it's, it's cool to see him up there getting his work in. How many wins this year for the Chiefs? What's the number we're, we're, we're pegging him at? I would, I bet they win 12 or 13 games again. They, they always have three or four games in the year where it's like, uh, here's, here's a loss to the Raiders or a loss to the Colts on a, fourth week of the season and it's sure. like to get the chiefs locked back in it's uh but i you know 12 to 13 wins they'll get the one seed and then go to the super bowl again all right well you heard it there first from luke ritter chiefs are uh headed headed back where's the super bowl this year by the way do you know i'm not sure is I'm it vegas sure. it might be vegas i think it's vegas i think That's it's vegas spot, so right? you that would be a good one to be at for sure yeah. that stadium in person is insane looking i've not been inside i've only driven by the outside of it off season but that thing is a behemoth. I always want to go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I've been looking at the the Vegas Chiefs schedule, and I think they play it at Vegas. I'm gonna see if I can go this year. So you got to hit the club in the end zone. Uh, that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> now, a question we like to ask a lot of guys. So this might 
this might resonate with you or this might fall in deaf ears, but you get a sandwich. Are you cold cuts or are you cutlets? Depends on the place. So I think the place has a big has a big um, emphasis on if I'm getting cold or or hot. It, so like I really like Firehouse Subs and I I like their hot sandwiches. And then another place maybe Jimmy John's I I get cold. So it just kind of depends on the place. See that's versatility. That's the versatility we were talking about just a second ago on the on yep. the baseball field. But you're showing it at the sandwich shops. That's important. And, you know, speaking of versatility, I know this is a really weird segue. Playing some other positions, have you ever gotten a chance to catch? The Our catching quarter always jokes with me. Um, I grew up as a catcher, actually. So I caught all the way till high school. And I was kind of was like, looking back, and I was kind of smart on the decision because those cats, I mean, they get beat up. And I'm like thinking, I was like, I kind of, in my mind, I made a better choice to stick with the infield route. Um, but my catching coordinator will always bring up, hey, you should, you should stick, go, go try catching. We, we could always use catchers. You get more versatility back there. So, um, but I used to catch growing up. Yep. All right, Luke, we got one more question for you. You're one step away from the majors. When that day finally comes, what's the walk-up song going to be? Have you thought about that yet? It's always on the mind, um, but I've, I've listened to, so my walk-ups throughout Pro Bowl have been Show Me Love. It's, uh, it's like a remix with Chance the Rapper. It's, it's something I used to listen in the cage with um, one of my college hitting coaches um, throughout college, and he would always play it like one of the first couple songs when we would start like my routine, and it kind of stuck. And then I just kept it going throughout throughout Pro Bowl. Um, so I'll probably just stick with that. But I don't know. I, you could always do a fan favorite. Um, I always my dad would always joke with me about doing that. Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see when that comes. Well, Luke, thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us today. And uh, just best of luck on your journey. And uh, to all the listeners out there, we'll see you all in the future.